Hey everybody, welcome back to the Nothing But Sports Podcast. I'm Rahel Jaswell. This is episode 35 of the podcast. Today we have a sort of variety of all topics. We've got um, some NBA talk, Nets and Lakers, the MLB, some MLB action with the Yankees, and concluding it, um, some more Aaron Rodgers stuff that we talked that I talked about last week. So let's get it <clears throat> let's get it started with the Nets and the Lakers. So for those who don't know, the Nets and the Lakers both have been on a bit of a losing streak. The Lakers are in a much worse situation. So they fall to the Trailblazers 106-101 last night, which means they drop to the seventh seed and have lost seven of the last nine games with LeBron James and Anthony Davis struggling to stay healthy. Davis did play last night, but that did not help. In the end, they drop it. They drop the game. And the Nets now, even with Kyrie and Katie, Harden is still injured, but should be back come playoff time. <clears throat> are um, on a four-game losing streak. They play the Nuggets tonight. And also, James Harden, if he comes back, we'll see how good their chemistry is, but I'll talk about that later. So, the Lakers, my goodness, they are in some trouble. I didn't think I didn't think they would dip this low into the play-in game because I thought they had the depth to at least keep themselves afloat when Anthony Davis and LeBron James went down in it. Sort of looked like that. They had a couple of good games here and there. You know, they got a quality win over the Nuggets a couple days ago, 93-89. But, man, it's time to push the panic button. In L.A., they're 37-30 and on the season. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but there's a real possibility they don't get out of the play-in tournament. And if they do, there's a possibility that LeBron James, for the first time in his career, gets bounced in the first round of the postseason in the NBA, uh, um, in the NBA playoffs. It's a real... It's a real possibility, and I didn't think it was possible. You know, people saying, oh, the Lakers, oh, they're going to dip to the playing game. I didn't think that would happen. I thought they would at least stay at five, but in such a competitive Western Conference, they have slipped down, and I mean, gee, we're, I mean, everything has gone wrong on this team. Um, LeBron re-aggravated that high ankle sprain. Anthony Davis had back spasms and also re-aggravated his injury. Montrose Harrell has not panned out to the signing they would have liked. They were expecting more of the guy that gave you 20 points with the Clippers before before the bubble. And Dennis Schroeder's been in and out of the lineup. And now the absence of maybe Rajon Rondo looms pretty large. Because I feel like if Rajon Rondo was there, definitely would have helped with some leadership aspect. Now, Kyle Kuzma has not... I mean, guys like Kyle Kuzma, Horton Tucker, Alex Cruz, who guys who are expected to pick up the weight, have not done their job. And it's... It's a real, it's a real struggle. Now, I mean, if LeBron doesn't, if Le, I mean, LeBron said he's never going to be back to 100% with a high ankle sprain. I don't know if that's true, but if, if he is not, ugh, my, because they might have to, he might have to match up against the Warriors in the, in the play-in tournament and in a one-game series against Steph Curry, if Steph Curry gets hot, there's really nothing you can, there's really nothing you can do because he'll cook Alex Caruso, he'll, whoever, whoever you want, he'll cook. He'll cook them. Draymond Green is still there. They're they're starting to find their form because if Steph Curry goes, you know, it's really dangerous playing a shooter like Steph because he has one good game and all of a sudden you're 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 done. And I don't know if LeBron and AD can find. I don't know if LeBron can find the rhythm in time. He 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 he, he needs he needs some time, and I don't know if I don't know if he can if he has that time to do it. And I mean, this is a real disappointing season. For LA, if LeBron James somehow comes through, and he and Anthony Davis win the championship, that, in my opinion, this would be the greatest championship, one of the greatest championships in NBA history, and we'd really have to elevate him 
to the level of GOAT with Michael Jordan. And if he gets a sixth ring, this championship could hold more weight than a lot of the other ones MJ won. Because if, let's say the playoffs ended today and they got through the play-in game, they would match up against the Suns in the first round with uh, Devin Booker and um, and Chris Paul. And then they would either match up against the Portland Trailblazers with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, or they would match up against the other LA team and the Clippers who swept them in the season series and are looking very, very good I don't know. Um, they're looking very good. They're looking like the team that we expected to see last year. The chemistry seems to be a lot better. They seem to be gelling better. It's just it's just working a lot better for them. And um, also, um, and then the West Finals, you'd probably match up against the Jazz. I don't know if the, I don't know where the Nuggets go in this scenario. I don't think the four or five seed would. I mean, I don't know. I don't see the the you know maybe even the Mavericks. I don't see them coming through and beating the um, the Jazz. So. And the West Finals, the Jazz have the best record in the NBA. They're not to be taken lightly. Donovan Mitchell has been very good this season. Rudy Gobert has, you know, had his, you know, another Defensive Player of the Year type season. And Mike Conley's been emerging behind. Bogdanovich had just had his career night of 48 points. So it's a real tough road. So I don't know how the Lakers are going to get through this. I really don't. And it's it's and I picked them to win at the start of the season, but. Oh my god, my predictions are not looking good. I picked the Lakers Celtics NBA Finals and both are stuck in the play-in tournaments right now. So, it is not looking good for the Los Angeles Lakers and I mean, jeez, this I didn't think it would go I didn't think it would go this haywire. Everything that had could have gone wrong has gone wrong with the Lakers season and yeah, it's um it's a real tough it's a real tough situation to be in and I don't know how, I don't know how they fix it because if LeBron, if LeBron, unless AD goes crazy like he did with the Pelicans in that playoff run, and he goes for fifty, what 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 else can you do if guys like Kuzma and Horton Tucker and Harrell are not picking up the slack? What what else can you do? What can Frank Vogel and this team do? Could could they carry could could they carry themselves? You know, with their defense, maybe. But I I, uh, I I'm at a loss for words. I don't know what they can do. If with without LeBron James, unless Le, um, Anthony Davis goes crazy and he goes what he did to the Portland Trailblazers in that um, playoff series in 2017, and goes you know nuts with set with um you know with 50 points tonight, I don't think they can do it. Think about it because they have the Phoenix Suns tomorrow on um on Sunday they have the Phoenix Suns, then on Tuesday they have the Knicks, who the Knicks are not to be taken lightly as well. So that could if they're not you know if they're not steady there, that could also maybe be an L. Um, then they have the Rockets, which will probably be a W. So that's what are we looking at. We're looking at one and two, maybe. Well, let's say they beat the Knicks. So we're looking at a two and we're looking at two and one so far as we hit the hit the in the last three games as we hit the last week of the season. Let's see who else they got in the schedule. Then they got the Pacers. So again, that's one where we're, we're going to be generous. You know what? Let's say we they take a loss. Let's say they take a loss in one of the either Knicks or Pacers games on the season. That's two and two. Pelicans probably if it's without Zion, I think they'll take that. That's three and two on in the last five games, which would put them with a record of forty and thirty-two. Which I don't know if it's good enough to catch Portland. I mean, they're only Portland's only one game up, granted, but ooh, maybe 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 the Mavericks slip up as well and they slip into number five. But I don't know. It's gonna be a real real tough if LeBron is not playing for those five games, <laughs> man. Uh, oh gee, uh, this is a tough situation for Los Angeles. Now, speaking of um, struggling teams, we we'll go to the Nets. So the Nets have pretty much kind of coasted through this this season. You know, 
They've had their injuries, but they've been able to stay afloat. But this is the first time this season they've hit a bit of a rough patch, and it's a four-game losing streak. And I know James Harden is not playing, but even with KD and Kyrie, you'd still expect them to pick up the, you know, not have a four-game losing streak on the season. And I think I think there's less concern with the Brooklyn Nets because um I because KD and Kyrie are playing right now and they they do look both of them look good and I think when both of them are on their game there's not many teams that could challenge them in the Eastern Conference. And if now I know James Harden is not played much and there's a chemist and that's actually my one but my one concern actually is the situation with James Harden cuz you can't just plug James Harden into the lineup automatically and expect it to work. We saw this with the Clippers last um, last season. They kind of coasted their way through the regular season. You know, eh, you know, load management. You know, Kawhi's going to sit this game. You know, PG's going to sit this game. You know, oh, you know, Harrell. You know, he's out for a couple games. We're going to, you know, Lou Will. We're not going to play him as much. Kawhi, another game. Oh, we'll rest him here. And then all of a sudden, what happened in the bubble? Um, in the their chemistry was just completely off. There was, I know the the bubble didn't help, but it just it just didn't look like they played together at at any point in the season. They constantly blew twenty point leads, and I'm not saying that's going to happen to Brooklyn, but if Brooklyn's not careful, there's a maybe a decent amount of teams that can knock them out in the Eastern Conference, and one of them being the Philadelphia 76ers with Embiid and um and Simmons. They could provide a test. Maybe even Giannis. They swept the mini series against them. Again, I know James Harden, but if, if they struggle chemistry-wise, oh, actually, as I'm recording this, the Brooklyn Nets are dropped to three. They're, uh, Milwaukee's now at two. So in the first round, they'd match up against the Heat, who have also had their problems. But Miami is still a dangerous team, <clears throat> whatever you say, with the way they shoot the three and with the way Jimmy Butler can get hot. That's still a dangerous team. Second round against, Brook, um, against Brooklyn Nets, again, another maybe losable series. But I, I still have them coming out of the East. I think that the biggest challenge right now to them is Philadelphia. But I still have them coming out of the East. But it's not so. It's not. <clears throat> it's not certain. It is definitely, definitely not certain. As of yet, also given Harden's track record, because Harden tends to flame out in the postseason, or in the yeah, in the postseason or playoffs, whatever you want to call it. So we're gonna see if he does that again. And yeah, and again, KD can't. Kyrie also did flame out the last playoffs he had against Brooklyn. But again, that again, and when he was with um, when he was with Boston. So we'll see. It's it's definitely it's going to be one of the most interesting interesting postseasons in NBA history and most interesting playoffs also with the play in tournament. I'm hoping my Knicks can stay out of the play in tournament if they can just sort of kind of hang on. They have a half game lead on the Hawks for fifth and a two game lead on the Heat for sixth and I think two and a half or three games on the Celtics. So hopefully they can they can hang in there. I don't care if they finish. I would prefer finish four or five, but if you finish six. Fine, at least you don't have to go through the play-in, but we'll see. Well, that means you have to match up with Brooklyn, but I, I don't know. We'll see what happens with the Knicks. I'm praying. I haven't talked about them much because I don't want to jinx anything, so I'm going to continue that, <laughs> and we'll we'll talk to them. We'll talk about this. We'll do a whole um other uh, episode on it uh, next week because next Saturday is the second to last day of the season. I might actually record on Sunday after the season ends, and then we'll see the postseason, uh, you know, what happens, you know, give a playing tournament preview and stuff like that, but that's all coming up. So... Now let's move um, past the NBA. Those are the two NBA topics for today. We're going to move into the Yankees. So the Yankees are, um, <clears throat> after starting 5-10 and 10 on the season, they are 17-16, and 16, which means they've, yep, 
So 5 and 10 to 17 and 16. So they're 12 and 6 in their last 18, which is pretty good. They've definitely picked up the slack. Uh, they re- just earlier today, that's why I'm recording kind of late because I was watching the game. They beat the Nationals 4-3 in 11 innings. Um, Glaber Torres with the walk-off infield hit and then also had the RBI in the ninth inning to tie the game. I'm liking what I'm seeing from the Yankees. They took 2 out of 3 versus the, the um, trash can Astros. And the Astros did come in hot into that series. So the fact that they took two out of three against them was good. Really should have took two out of three against them. Uh, really should have swept them. But Chad Green sort of, you know, sort of faltered. And also people are asking, why didn't you leave Garrett Cole in there for the eighth inning? And maybe, I don't know, but that's a whole different story. But that was, con- that was still, um, even though they lost the final game, that was still, um, that was still convincing and, and pleasing that they won two out of three because the Astros were red hot. Tigers series, meh, because the Tigers already stink, so that sweep was kind of expected. And now you split versus the Nationals. And the Nationals, I know record doesn't look great, but they're, they're still very dangerous, especially when you can get a win like this when Mad Max was absolutely dominating. So when the Yankees didn't have their best hitting stuff and the other pitcher was dominating, got Scherzer's pitch count up, uh, got Scherzer's pitch count up, got him out of the game, and got a ninth inning rally. So good job. From then, I'm, it's a lot better. <clears throat> than what I'm seeing. I know there's still kind signs for concern. Luke Voigt is probably going to come back on Tuesday. So that's a positive. There's another good sign to help with the uh, with the lineup. And if um, hopefully Gio Urshela could as well get back in the lineup on Tuesday to get them back at full strength. Um, if we're, if not, worst case scenario, and if Gio is still out, then we'll have to go with Miguel Andujar, who is fine. I, I do think can pick it. I do think we'll, we'll have a decent enough season as soon as he hits the... Um, you know, as soon as he gets rolling, if he get if he if he plays, John Carlo John Carlo has looked very good. I know the last two games his hit streaks come to an end. That's okay. Um, just if the Yankees can stay like this until Judge can find his swing again, I think that'll be okay. Judge for one of the first times has hit a bit of a slump now, but it's okay. They're still treading above five hundred, and the pieces are sort of kind of coming together as far as. You know, I know O'Day just hit the the IL, but if you get Gio and Luke Voigt back in there, the bullpen has looked pretty good. Regard, but beside, you know, I know the last two games uh, um, outside today they weren't very good. They were very good today. Bullpen was um was very good today, so that was that was a good sign. So they're sort, you know, they're sort of piecing it together, and that's okay. You know, if, if we get to the you know the 50, 60 game point in the season, and they're only like you know, what five, six, or maybe even if they're what maybe five games above 500, I think that's okay. I really I really am still confident in this team to pick it up, even after they started 5-10. and 10. I came on here and said, relax. You know, they're not playing well, but that's okay. That's okay. It is, it is, <laughs> I came on here and said, even though they're not playing well, I have full confidence that they'll pick it up. And they have picked it up. And some people will say that's just because, oh, you're playing the Tigers and Nationals, but you can only beat the teams that are on your schedule. And it's a lot harder to slip up and lose against one of these teams that's not as good in the MLB because you're playing 162 games, not 16 in the NFL and not 82 in the NBA. So it's a lot harder there. The um, the big tell for this Yankees team where we're going to be at after the National Series is the one against the Rays because that one starts on Tuesday. So I'm hoping, like I said, if Gio and Luke are back in the lineup for that one, that should be good because that'll really tell us where we are. The Rays swept them. Uh, Montgomery will take the mound then. So it'll be... It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, but again, I have full faith that the Yankees will at least take two out of th- I think they can win that series. I think they win I think they will win that series against the Tampa Bay Rays and I think that'll show people who will still have them, so their doubts that they are 
they are finding it. Um, Kluber, again, looked good today. You know, he had the beautiful eight innings against the Tigers. Today, he battled. I thought Boone might have left him in there a little too, you know, one batter in too late. And that's why he gave up the second run. Tyone has looked pretty good in the last two starts. He picked up the win. Uh, he, You know, yes, the last start he had, which was not yesterday, was yesterday, sorry, the game the Yankees collapsed in after he gave the three runs in the first couple innings, really settled down, got through six, got through six innings, gave three runs, and then the start before that got through five and got the win. So he is slowly finding his his range. And you got to, again, like I said, you got to give these guys... You have to give these guys time because this was the first time in almost two years that both of them were pitching. So now that they're sort of finding their rhythm, Garrett Cole still Garrett Cole has looked very good this season. Um, he's four and one ERA under two has looked brilliant this season. Yeah, he didn't pick. He should have picked up the win in that Astros game, but it is what it is. Only had four strikeouts, but that's because a lot of the Astros hitters knew his style and how he pitched. So that's okay. He still has a long way to go before he reaches that peak dominant form we saw in Houston. But he's obviously not going to come out like. Right out the gates like that, I've constantly mentioned it, that in the first 10 games, his ERA was a real struggle. It was more up to where it was in the 60-game season. So the fact that he's come out like this already is an encouraging sign. So it's it's a good situation. Montgomery, he's looked okay. He's had a couple bad starts here and there, but I think he'll be... I think if he can just maybe raise his level a little bit, the Yankees will be fine. Their pitching staff has, has picked it up. The last couple games. So it's 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 a good situation. I think the Yankees, they're not in a horrible situation, but they're not in a great situation. They're, quarter, they're sort of right in the middle, but they are on the uprise. Chapman has been brilliant this season. So not too many concerns as of just yet. Maybe if they start going on a five, six game losing streak, then I'll jump on here and talk about maybe if I'm concerned. But right now, it's okay where they are at. And I still have confidence in them to pick up their play and continue their, um and continue trying to improve. And I still think, I still am confident. Like I said, I'm still confident. Okay, let's move into the last topic. We are flying through this episode right now. So we're going to talk more Aaron Rodgers stuff. Um, I was on here last week talking about, you know, his situation, where he should go, whatnot, all of that stuff. Um, a couple days ago, reports came out that he wanted three teams, the Broncos, the Raiders, and the 49ers. Now, what? where do I think out of these teams he should go? The obviously, oh, dropped my pencil. But the obvious option for this, uh, for where he should go right now, is the, um, sorry, I was picking up my pen. It was the San Francisco 49ers. That's the obvious option out of the three teams where he would most likely want to get traded to. That's the best situation right now. The only thing is, my only, you know, kind of pet peeve with the, with the Niners, yeah, he could win a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers wants better targets, but... In all three of these teams, he's downgrading in targets because the 49ers have their injury concerns. Debo Samuel barely played many much, many games this year. Brandon Ayuk, I don't think, is ready to be a number one wide receiver. You'll have a top tight end in the league in George Kittle. That'll be nice. But again, he also struggled with injuries this year. Running back, running back, they were devastated, but I think they'll be okay with the Kyle Shanahan system. So again, if also, I don't know if Green Bay is going to be willing to trade him to San Fran. I mean, who would they... So let's let's break it down. So let's say the Packers were fielding offers. What would they probably want? Um, in my opinion, if I'm Green Bay... I mean, they uh, the Lions earlier this season got two first-round picks for Matthew Stafford. So if I'm Green Bay, I'm at least asking for three or four first-round picks. 
I mean, I think four would most likely be it. Because it, the fact that they got two for Stafford, you're probably going to want three or four for, for Aaron Rodgers. Also, what would you want from the 49ers? You want, you want Jimmy Garoppolo? Okay, fine. We'll give him to you. But what else do you, what else do you want? Do you want someone? I feel like the Green Bay Packers would want to ask. I mean, the, the 49ers would ask for someone like Solomon Hill, who I think you'd be willing to give up. But I think they'd ask for Bosa. And I don't know if the Niners are willing to give up Bosa. Just as yet, um, I, I, it's it's a it's a tricky it's a tricky situation. So we'll see what the Niners want to do. Also, if the Niners do pull the trigger on him and trade Jimmy Garoppolo, and Aaron Rodgers plays, Aaron Rodgers has said numerous times that he would like to play into his where Tom Brady is at, and I think he can into his you know forty. I don't know if he can play to forty three, but I think he can definitely play to at least forty two years old. He's thirty seven right now. That would be five years. Are you willing to let Trey Lance, who you trade... Think about this. Are you willing to have Trey Lance, who you traded up for and gave up so many... And you mortgaged your next two, three-year uh, first-round picks. Maybe you can get, you know, Green Bay's... You can get uh, those back in the Green Bay deal. But, you know, let's say you out of those two, you only... Get, you know, out of those you know, two picks, you only get, like, one of them back. So... Are you willing to let, you know, the guy you traded up for at number three, Trey Lance, are you willing to let him, you know, are you willing to have him sit behind Rodgers for at least five years? Um, I mean, I know Aaron Rodgers backed up Brett Favre for three years, but are you willing to do it for at least five years, maybe even six? Are you willing to do that to a number three overall draft pick? And is Trey Lance willing to sit that long? And maybe, or does Trey Lance... After three, four years of backup with Aaron Rodgers, say, you know what? I've learned a lot from this guy, but I can't stay behind here and back up. And if he is, if if the if he is like that, all of a sudden there's a quarterback controversy. And who do the 49ers choose in that situation? Do they dump Rodgers again, or do they stick with Rodgers after that? And so, does Trey Lance go and sign somewhere else? Like you guys see, you you see what I'm saying? There's a lot of there's a lot of difficulty because I don't because I think Rodgers can play for another four or five seasons, and I don't know if Trey Lance is going to be willing to sit that long and back up for four or five seasons, especially considering he was a third overall pick in a draft where they could have gone either way. So we'll see. I do think Trey Lance needs a year, uh, at least a year of sitting behind someone. He definitely needs a year of being a backup. I don't think he'll play and start this season. I don't think he'll start. I think he'll sit for the full. 17 uh, or 17, 18 week season. Maybe you put him in in the final couple weeks or maybe in the last two games. Let's say you've clinched a playoff spot. You want Jimmy G to rest. Then maybe you can plug him in. But I don't think he should start. I don't think he should start this season because he hasn't enough reps. But I don't know if I want him sitting for five years and, you know, maybe leaving after three or four. And then all of a sudden, if Trey Lance, Trey Lance leaves and, you know, Roger plays for Rogers plays for another year. And you retire, you know. Granted, if Rodgers has a decent enough level, you're not going to be, you know, you're not. Who knows what the QBs five years down the line will be? But I don't think you'll be in a position in the 25s or 30s to try and go up and get a top quarterback. That's so it's a tricky situation for San Fran because I know they're in win now mode, but you also want to keep in mind because you don't want to have this situation where Rodgers eventually then leaves or retires, and all of a sudden you're stuck with uh with no quarterback. So we'll. So we'll see. It's because Aaron Rodgers has three years left on his Packer deal, so that would take him until up he's forty. So then, 
it's a real possibility that he signs another like three year, you know, he signs like a Drew Brees type deal, a two year or three year deal. That'd be Trey Lance would rest for five years and usually rookie contracts are around three, four years. So does Trey Lance leave in the middle of that? That's, that's the real interesting part. So that's my only pet peeve with the 49ers. Now, as far as him going to the Broncos and Raiders, if, if he can't go to the 49ers, in my opinion, I think Aaron Rodgers could, should stay in Green Bay. I really do. And that's a little bit of a shock, but here's why. So let's say the Broncos give up, you know, three, what I think would be four first round picks for him. And they give up I, a couple, you know, a couple good, you know, a couple maybe young prospects and their players. So let's say he goes to Denver. He can help change the offense, but again, it's a downgrade from, from Green, Green Bay. I know he has Jerry Judy, uh, Jerry Judy, but... Again, Cortland Sutton is coming off the ACL injury, so we don't know how he is going to be explosive-wise. Melvin Gordon has looked like a shadow of what he was with the Chargers. He does not look like a top running back. You've let Phillip Lindsay go, so that's so now you don't have a you know one-two punch anymore. And also, you've just I forgot I can't I'm going to be angry because I've forgotten his name, but you just lost one of your better offensive linemen out, and he's out for the rest of the season because he needs surgery. So you're playing on already an offensive line that has really struggled. And what is one of the reasons that the Packers lost that NFC championship game was the offensive line. Aaron Rodgers could not get enough time. I know he can buy himself time, but Aaron Rodgers in that NFC title game could not, could not get the pocket, you know, cannot didn't get enough time to throw the football. So then you're going into a similar situation in Denver. It's tough. Also, you're probably still not going to win the division. You'll probably still have to go through the wild cards. So you won't get a number one seed. That's the that's the tricky situation here. So again, I don't know why you want to go to Denver. Also, their defense is aging. Von Miller is getting up there in age. They're, it's not like their their defense is full of young. Sp- yes, they have Chubb. They have Bradley Chubb, but it's the defense is on the older side of the ball. So why would you want to go there? I just don't understand, and I don't think it's worth it. I think you'd much rather stay in Green Bay and run it back because. You know, people are going to make, um, you know, especially in the media, going to be like, oh, the Packers didn't draft another wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers, which is true, but they drafted an offensive lineman. And like I said, the offensive lineman in the NFC Championship game was not great, and there's a lot of aging guys on that on there. So it fills a position of need. Like, And also at cornerback, you've already established that Kevin King is not coming back. So you need a cornerback. So in the first round taking cornerback, that addresses a position of need. Wide receiver is not the biggest need right now. We ha- you have already seen that Aaron Lazard, uh, that MVS Marquez Valdez Scantling and Aaron Lazard could be number two, number three options with Aaron Rodgers at the helm. So I don't understand why people are. Yeah, okay, I understand why you're a little upset, but it's you see, re- receiver is not the number one read night a need right now. There is still many other needs on that team, and maybe with those improvements, they run it back again. And they do get another shot in the NFC title. Because I firmly believe with how weak that um, NFC North division is right now, I really I really do think that they would be, they would, no matter their record, I think they would get into it, even if they don't have a better season, they'll get into a, they'll get a division crown and get it and get a home playoff game in the first round. So in the wild card round, maybe even they get a bye. So it's a, I feel like he should stay. I really do think, I know he's upset and maybe they do fire Brian Gutekus, their GM, and they grant his wish and he stays. But I really, even if they don't, 
I really think he should stay in Green Bay. Okay? Because also the last team, the Raiders. Again, to me, that's a that's a no. I know they have a good offensive line, but they're lacking at the wide receiver position. Besides Henry Ruggs, who else is... I mean... Who else is there? Henry Ruggs can be a number one deep threat, and Darren Waller's a top tight end, but he's not better than what you had in Green Bay. Um, I know Josh Jacob, you know, Josh Jacobs is also there with a good offensive line. And maybe even you can take that offense to number one, but what about the defensive side of the ball? The Raiders were absolutely horrible on the defensive side of the ball. And outside of Max Crosby, who you might have to give up maybe to get Aaron Rodgers, there was no one who could rush the passer. And they didn't address that in the draft. They went offensive line when they already have a good enough offensive line. So are you willing to go to the Raiders where you might have the number one offense, but still a you know three four bat a bottom bottom of the league defense? And if he they have a bottom of the league defense, they won't get as far as they did in Green Bay because the Green Bay defense really did help out in that NFC title game because they got three interceptions on Brady where Rodgers and the offense couldn't convert. So again, these two teams have glaring holes. I feel like the Broncos and Raiders would be huge downgrades compared to the Packers, while the 49ers might also be an upgrade. What do the 49ers want to do as far as the whole, like I mentioned, Trey Lance situation? Are you okay with him sitting behind five years? If he's a number three overall draft pick, do you risk that maybe he leaves? And then all of a sudden, if Rodgers retires, is he stuck? Is he stuck in that situation? I don't know, because I think Rodgers will firmly, wherever he goes, finish out his three-year deal he has with Green Bay, which will take him up until he's 40. And I still think after that, he's got another at least two, three years left. So that's where he'd sign that Drew Brees type of deal two years. That means Trey Lance would be sitting for five years. I personally think he should stay in Green Bay. I really do. I think he should finish out his contract in Green You know what? If you're Aaron Rodgers, you know what you do? Maybe you finish out this year. You play next season in Green Bay. And then, or maybe you finish, you finish your... You run it back another season in Green Bay, and then maybe after that, maybe if you're still if you're still disappointed, you can you can go somewhere else because these because there's still going to be a hot quarterback market next year. You know, a lot of a lot of a lot of guys. Um, we'll see again. Is um is uh you know is Jordan? You know, what we're gonna see maybe even is maybe Daniel Jones is he the guy in New York? Is you know, stuff like that. So maybe there's other, there's a lot of other, you know, Jared Goff, if he doesn't pan out in Detroit, there's other options. You know, Matt, Cam, do, do they want to send him to New England and give up on Mac Jones? There's a lot of options you could still go for next year. You know, Steelers, the Steelers is also still an option. If you don't go, there's an option to go back next year as well. There, I, I really think he should stay in Green Bay. I really do. Unless the 49ers come and find a way to make the deal work, I think... I wouldn't go to the Broncos or Raiders if I were him because I think that's a downgrade. And I still think he'd be disgruntled there in both situations. And also, a lot of people are act. This is a part of the situation that's making me angry. Aaron Rodgers is acting like he has done, you know, he has, you know, it's all it's all the organization's fault. It's all the you know GM's fault for not surrounding, you know, for all the GM's fault for them not getting to the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers was a big part of why the Packers didn't win that NFC Championship game, okay? Because he threw an interception, first of all, and if you want, that was holding, you know, whatnot, and that ends up leading to the Kevin King debacle, that interception there, okay? They picked off Brady three times in the second half, and Aaron Rodgers could not move the football. Now, that you could say that's because the, that's because the, 
you know, it's not all on Aaron Rodgers, but there's definitely situations he could have done better. Especially, you know, I've talked about how he could have ran on that third and goal. And in his, you know, presser, he said, well, you know, I was thinking we had four downs. I still don't understand that excuse because even if you have four downs, wouldn't you want to take a shot on third and goal? If you could, if you think you could get there, wouldn't you still want to take a shot there? Even if you, because I think taking a shot there in running would have been much better than trying to force something into double coverage like he did. So wouldn't you much rather do that? Even if, even if, you know, you had a, even, you know, even if you think you had an extra down, isn't fourth down and goal from the two much easier than fourth and goal from the eight? So that excuse to me makes no sense. I think that's a cop out of an excuse. I really do. I think he's not putting the proper blame on himself there. So that's what pisses me off because, and that's what I think what makes a little bit of older quarterbacks angry. You know, he's, he hasn't taken responsibility for him not playing well in the, in the last couple minutes of that NFC championship game. <laughs> and they got everything they wanted then and they still couldn't do it. So it's a real tricky. So that's what makes me a little annoyed about the situation because I feel like Aaron Rodgers is pointing all the blame at the GM and stuff. And yes, they have done wrong. The GM has done, and and Gutekus and the Packers have completely flopped this situation. They could have, they could have, they could have stopped this situation entirely. But it really, you know, when they took up, they they um, you know, they traded up to take Jordan Love and didn't tell him. I'm not excusing them for all of that, but I'm just saying it feels. I I feel like Aaron Rodgers is not, is not, is not taking responsibility. Where he messed up because he messed up in the NFC title game. So, yeah, that's my situation on that. Also, that you know, you just want an MVP there. So why not why not go back and try and run it run it back again? Are you maybe do you want to move out because you don't want to go through Tom Brady, then you have to go through Patrick Mahomes? Because I truly believe if you go up against that Buccaneers team again, you can beat them. So ugh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But anyway, that's gonna do it for this episode. Um, thank you so much for listening. Again, we'll be try we'll try and continue with the weekly episodes, but um yeah, thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week.